just try to be aware and think about where are the bottlenecks in your business, right? Agent Power Huddle is a daily jumpstart, giving you all the tools you need to create an amazing real estate career. Led by top experts in the field, you'll learn how to sell more houses in less time while creating the life you want. Welcome to the Agent Power Huddle. Good morning. You guys hear me okay? You're good, Michael. How are you? Fantastic. Fantastic. Are you ready to dive on in? I'm ready to dive in. I'm excited. This is uh, definitely a favorite topic of mine. Um, I need more leverage in my life, just like all of you, I'm sure. Yeah. So, so, so I saw this one. So, this is our second second agent panel this week with uh with Michael. He's an incredible team leader out of uh, out of Ohio, and uh, I saw the topic, which is a perfect one for you to talk about, which is how you can add leverage now, right? creating opportunities in your business without giving up your core competencies. That's a lot to cover in a single podcast. And I'm, I'm excited. Where, where do you want to dive into that, Michael? You can go in a lot of different directions. I think, you know, um, people first start talking about leverage and real estate. A lot of people go to just the um, simple facts in, in, in our business, uh, the business of, of selling real estate. It is um, a job, an industry where, we have more responsibilities, uh, a wider range of responsibilities um, than any other job I've ever had, anything else I've ever seen. And, um, you know, you have you have the need, obviously, to be that front person out building relationships, being the salesperson. But then you have to be the detail oriented person um, who's making sure eyes are dotted, T's are crossed. We're dealing with, you know, contracts after all. Um, so details are important and it's not everybody who has the skill set to take care of everything. Um, and then on, on top of all that, you know, just like any other business, the, you, know, you, you, you can't grow um, a huge business just on your own and without, you know, building through people and tools. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. So, so when you talk about, or first of all, what's your definition of leverage? Let's start there. When you think about you like leverage, how does, how do you define leverage? Leverage to me is uh, just, you know, expanding um, the breadth of what I can accomplish through either um, a team of people, a human leverage and um, and then tools, technology, um, those types of resources. And that's, you know, building through others, a combination of tools and people, I think is what summarizes it for me. I, I love it. And then, so you do have a sales team, but I imagine when you talk leverage, you probably look for ways that the agents on your team can use leverage. You 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 don't have to necessarily hire staff and have people like, this is leverage in all sorts of areas of your uh, of your business, correct? Correct, correct. Okay. You know, and I, another piece of leverage that we don't talk about as much would be um, education, right? I feel like, Education and and growth, um, you know, personal growth is what helps us all take it to the next level to stay on top of, you know, how to best utilize leverage. Um, so I, for one, will be attending what I think four conferences over the next six weeks. Um, so it's the season for me for that. Um, so I definitely value education as a, a piece of leverage as well. But, oh, I love that. All right, we're we're gonna come back. To, we're gonna come back to education. We're gonna dive into a. 
to that part of that today. I want to make a note of that. But but I wonder when you're first starting, if someone's looking at their their life, their personal life or their work life, and they're trying to figure out what are my core competencies and where should I add in leverage? Where would you, where would should someone start first of all? So I think the first the the first piece of leverage. Let's say you know we're talking about a new agent just getting into the business and and kind of getting going. You you have to lean on your your brokerage and your team for you know resources and 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 learning and training and you know identifying who your you know who and then where from uh, where are your um, opportunities coming from and then um, you're at a point where you've got a, a good amount of business and you're feeling like you're busy and things are slipping through the cracks. I think the first um, piece of leverage that a lot of um, agents ramping up their business look to is getting help on the transaction side. Um, more often than not, naturally, uh, you know, people in our business are salespeople and kind of go into it anticipating that that's, that's going to have to be one of their core competencies is, you know, building rapport, building trust and um, finding people to work with. Right. So we're often expecting that and, you know, build that as a strength. Um, but in looking at, uh, you know, for help, for assistance and building the business, it's, it's nice to be able to take, the transaction coordination, listing input, um, some of those pieces, and you can find, you know, a, a very reasonable cost ways to <clears throat> offload some of that. And frankly, is for me, it was finding somebody who's, you know, going to not only take it off my plate, but do a better job, um, stay on top of it and keep the, you know, the referrals will keep coming instead of having it be, you know, a bumpy road uh, on the way to a closing. So... Okay, so that's, this is the first piece of leverage we look to as, as agent is, would be transaction coordination. Mm -hmm. How about from like a tool standpoint, right? Because because usually because there's I always think about there's three ways to leverage, right? You can leverage through systems, technology, and people. Do, do you follow the same basic rule like in terms of like ways? Would you use those categories for leverage or any any categories I'm missing? No, that I think that covers it. They slot a crossover in systems and technology, right? Yeah, and and so yeah. I tend to I tend to always look for like the people side because I think that's where a lot of people are lacking. But let's first start with like because you're a systems guy. Let's look at systems. Let's look at technology. If you're looking for ways that people can create leverage um, and create opportunities without giving up what their core competencies are, what would what should they look to as far as systems and and, and technology or, or technology? Absolutely. So um, I think. One of the most important systems for me, it what it was um, just identifying the fact that my calendar equals my life, and so living by my calendar was, you know, it was something I had, I had kind of done. If I was, you know, ran off my calendar on my day off my calendar, but once um, it came to scaling a real estate business, I, I realized how important it was to truly, if it's not in my calendar. It's not in my day. And that's that's how I have to operate. Um, and so it's, I know it's a simple one, but, you know, operating with a calendar, budgeting time for the most important things is 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 really the key um, for that. And then, uh, of course, a close second well, became our, our CRM system, our client relationship management system, uh, a place to, you know, maintain all of the relationships, keep track of, you know, who's in my network, um, systemize uh, follow-up for, and reminders for me to reach out to, 
friends, family, past clients, potential clients. Um, and then on top of that, you know, the, the it does the your most CRM systems have and they're all different, they have different features, but some of the most basic you know, um, systems that, that come through that is going to be simply, um, emails with, um, you know, their search updates and, and getting homes in front of them. And then, um, text messages, um, you know, following up with people who are, are, are poking around on your website. Um, the, the CRM, I think, you know, with my calendar are the two things that come to mind to me as, um, the biggest differentiators and just kind of getting going right yeah yeah and and it's funny you say that calendar is such a simple thing but i'll do a little be honest here i heard trainers and i've been in real estate for 20 years i heard trainers and coaches and people tell me to use a calendar for and they said there's freedom in a calendar I'm like what are you talking about for years years and years and years until finally it clicked at one point but i mean i've probably been in real estate for 10 years before i even ever really used the calendar like was it for you did you is that something you embraced immediately or did you kind of uh, yeah, that took work for me. It's just not, it was not natural um, for me to have everything in one place like that and and, and keep it very organized. But um, I did find some freedom in that, right? And I found some balance, able to do some of the things I like to do and want to do and budget time for personal things and family and others. But then making sure that I'm not um, missing my time for you know, the income generating activities that we have to stay engaged in on a regular and consistent basis in order to be successful. Yeah. Do you ever read the book, uh, Getting Things Done by David Allen? Did you ever read that one? I have not seen that one, no. So, so, so it's a really great book on productivity. And as you're describing these things, there's a concept he talks about in this book called uh, the external brain. The external brain. And it's basically his version of leverage has to do with using things like you just said, a calendar, a CRM to do the things that are like, why take brain power for those things when you could have the, your external brain do that and use your brain for things you're better at? Is it is that kind of what you're talking about when we say we're creating leverage without giving up our core competencies for you? Yes, it is. It is. Um, you know, uh, now, now that I do have a team, one of the exercises I like to do as, as our team grows and as we grow as individuals and grow our business like to take time with each of our team members and kind of take a, you know, on an annual basis, kind of dive in and take a look at um, their, what they like to do, what they don't like to do, what they're good at and what they're not good at. And I have, you know, we break it down into a quadrant and it helps identify, you know, where are the core competencies? So I don't know if you'll be able to see this, but if you draw your axis there and identify a list of your things and your that you are doing on a daily basis and which of them do you like to do and not like to do and then which of them are you good at and are you not good at and we want to obviously focus more on what we're good at and what we like to do um and the first things that we want to take off of our plate are those that we're not good at we're bad at and we don't like to do them right and so those aren't the same for everybody. Everyone's different. And when it when you get to a point where you're adding, you know, human leverage, I mean, all types of leverage this applies, but um, especially human leverage, you're trying to balance roles and responsibilities within a team. That's a critical piece for me. And that's identifying this is my core competency and what I love to do. 
versus this is not my core competency. Um, don't leverage your core competency for something that you don't like to do. That's just not going to be a path to success. I love that. I, hold, hold that. Hold that little piece of paper up again. I, I yeah, never yeah. thought about doing a self inventory like that way because it almost looks like a SWOT analysis. So you've got in the upper left, it says good slash like. Upper right, it says bad slash like. Then the lower side, you have good dislike and bad dislike. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in that, and going through that exercise, it's something that we do, and we just break down all of the things that we're doing. You just start off making a list of everything that you do. And, you know, we don't always have that list. So you, sometimes it takes a, a week, a week or so of each person on our team just documenting, hey, I'm doing this I'm stuffing envelopes today. We're doing our mailers, whatever it is, like every little thing. If you write a make a list and then identify all right, there's essentially 30 things or so that I do any given week and then break those down into your four quadrants, um, that's going to, you know, kind of paint a picture for, Hey, here's how here and how we can pivot. So I, I love that. So, so I don't know if you guys call it a time study. I've always been that, heard that is called a time study, right? Where you, you write down what you do for a couple of days or up to a week and you literally carry a yellow pad of paper with you, set alarm on your phone for every 30 minutes or every hour and write down what you did for the last hour. Those of you on camera, just raise your hand. Has anyone ever done a time study? I'm curious to see that those of you guys here, is anyone? No, no. Okay. This is, I think this is one of the most powerful things you can do to really take an honest look at what you do in your week. Do you find, are your, are your team agents surprised, Michael, when you guys do these time studies and you kind of look back at the things they're doing where they can find some leverage? They do. They're like, wow, I didn't realize I did, I did so much stuff. And then usually we're talking about things that we're not doing as a team that we, we need to be doing. And so it's just a great way to kind of break down. All right. Priorities, right? Where, where are the priorities? What has to get done? What do we want to get done? And, um, you know, just kind of, again, taking everything and then building it back into our calendar appropriately. So, I mean, and I imagine that the, the reason to do it every year is it changes over time. The things that are important where you're at in your business, correct? It does. It does. And yeah, as you grow, as the market changes, um, our activities change. And, um, you know, you add a, you've got a, this idea on what you need. And then all of a sudden you add a, an assistant or bring a, a per transaction uh, coordinator in a per transaction basis. And then all of a sudden everything shuffles. You get all this extra time where you didn't before. And so you kind of, after a year of like letting the dust settle, need to kind of reassess. Um, so I do, I do think it's, it's important to kind of stay on top of that. And yeah, I mean, it's just the nature of our businesses. Things are constantly changing. So we need to, we need to be changing our actions in order to be changing our outcomes. I love it. All right. So let's talk for a minute now. If you want to include the people side of, of leverage or any other tech or systems, then I do want to come back to education. So what are some of the common mistakes you see people making when they're trying to leverage through through people? You know, um, I would say if the the easiest thing, the 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 best the best approach when you're when you're looking to add your your very first person brings uh, the very first person into your business and you're worried about um, the cost uh, is always, you know, a concern because, Hey, you're going to commit paying somebody um, 
aside from your trans your your transactions we live by you know the the paycheck our paychecks come when deals close and here you're going to tell somebody else you're going to pay them um, separate from that well if you can if you can bring your first person in and have their compensation attached to the closings then that that's an obvious win-win for me um in my first real estate office when i was watching people build try to build their teams around me I noticed that um, people were skipping that and they were trying to hire an assistant either part-time or full-time um, and paying them, you know, near or close to minimum wage. And I watched time and time again, there's maybe six offices with uh, producing agents and an assistant. I the, the number of times these assistants turned over, people would come in, it wouldn't work out and um, they'd have to start fresh. Um, I think the the way to go is to find somebody who's who's proven that they can they can be a, a transaction coordinator, pay them on a per transaction basis, and then waiting until you're at a point where you you know you can afford um, somebody who can operate at a higher level, um, somebody who's going to be not just you know your assistant, but bringing ideas and you know bringing significant value to your business. Um, I think uh, was the uh, millionaire real estate agent book that where I read, Hey, you're, you know, it's important to recognize that your first hire may end up being someday your CEO of your company. Right. So I took that to heart and waited before I hired anybody. I found, you know, it paid more than double what the minimum wage was and um, made sure I had the right person um, before doing that. So. And so when you, when you hired that person, did they take over both, transaction coordination, right? TC duties, as well as other things, or did you keep those, those roles separate? You know what? Um, the idea was that she was going to take it over, but we quickly, we quickly realized that it made sense to continue having our, our trans, our per deal transaction coordinator continue doing some, what he was doing so that we had the bandwidth to, um, for my colleague to spend more of her time in other areas, um, to help grow the business. So, you know, uh, but I think the, the the plan was, yeah, for her to do everything on the administrative side, take off, especially the things that I was just not good at, the dislikes and the not good at, and free me up to go out and find more business and make sure that, you know, opportunities weren't slipping through the cracks. Mm -hmm. That's that's the point at which, at which you're, you're looking to make that higher is when you feel like you're literally missing out on business opportunities because your lack of bandwidth. How do you know if you're missing out on business opportunities? Because like in this market right now, I, I know some people that that are they're doing. It depends on the agent. Some agents are doing a lot of prospecting activities and it's turning into results. Some agents are not finding the same same traction. So how, how can you really assess, given the market right now, if you think you're missing out on opportunities? You know. Um, I would say that uh, you you can tell if you're you're. You, I mean, it's a different market now, but your phone is obviously you know our, your connection to your world and your business. And so, um, if you're getting calls and missing calls, and you know not able to field appointments, or you know having those conversations with someone who wants to go see a property. And you're not available because you're showing someone else property at that time. Um, those are just a couple examples. Or, you know, you, you're feeling guilty about taking on another client or taking on another showing because you know deep down that 
you need to get behind your computer and work on, you know, your ROC or, or removal or inspection work or whatever it is on, on a, a current transaction. Um, I think you, when you know, you know, and the stuff is just, you, you feel like you're always behind, you know, just a feel of overwhelm. I, I get that. I, I just want to do it to, to spell it out. I like it. All right. So we, we've yeah. got about 10 minutes. I do want to cover it because I'd never really thought of education. You mentioned at the beginning that you use every education as leverage. I never thought about that. And I, I love it. You're going to a bunch of events and conferences in the next you know month and a half. So how do how do you see education and, and, and tell us about some of the, you know, some things that you're looking to learn? Sure. So, you know, education is leverage. I see you know, education as um, an investment. It's not just an expense, it's an investment in yourself. And so, you know, when it comes down to um, growing your business, you know, motivation is important, drive is important, desire is important, but at the end of the day, the smarter agent will win every time. Um, so for me, I like to um, surround myself with people who are doing more than I am, who uh, I can learn from. And, um, you know, doing that, I think, is is what's led, you know, led me to take any significant step in my business. It's because I've, I've seen someone else do it and be successful or spoken with someone who tried it a different way that I had considered and failed. And so um, that's what education is all about to me is just learning someone else's lessons and and it, it gives you a chance to skip the failures um you know that we talk about failing forward and feeling forward is important i'd rather act and and fail than just sit in my hands but um at the same time if you can learn from someone else's successes and mistakes um that is to me the ultimate trigger the ultimate lever to to move forward quickly well, I love that. And and there's all different forms of education. If you're looking to learn someone else's lessons, I mean, you could literally, people listening to this podcast right now who are on the Zoom with us live, I'm assuming they're learning. That's why they're here. They're here to grow. To, uh, you, you're actually going physically to a lot of events, which you're looking at as like an, event, an investment in yourself. And by the way, we're not selling any events. We're not pitching anything. Michael's not selling coaching. I'm truly just talking about how his team sells homes in Cleveland at a really high level. If you want to duplicate success you want to model after people who, who've got there so so why i mean i've always loved events too but why is it for you are you getting on a plane and going to events and spending time and money and you've got a family you're going away from your kids because that's a lot of events you're going to next few months you said mm -hmm. yep um i do it's a it's a combination of things i think um you know it's funny in a different meeting this morning i heard um somebody use the phrase um entertainment and it was a conversation we were having about, you know, bringing in a speaker for our local chamber of commerce to, to, to come talk. And, and we're discussing, well, what are people looking for? Are they looking for motivation? Are they looking for excitement, enthusiasm, or are they looking for education and training? And someone said, entertainment. And that's, to me, that's, that's what I'm looking for is, you know, I, I do, I, I go and I get energized by being around like-minded people, uh, people who are successful, people who are willing to share, but um, it's at the same time, bringing that and tying that energy with new ideas and plans and actions is, is what, what, what brings it all home. So um, when I go somewhere in person, a couple of things are happening. One, I'm taking money out of my own pocket 
to spend it to go there. And so you're invested. Something about being invested in the experience, you're subconsciously, consciously, you are going to be certain that you're taking something away that you can you can bring back and put into your business. Um, but yeah, I mean, they don't have the um, the ability to to network with high level team leaders or high producing agents the same way I do locally as I do when I'm broad. So um, it, it makes total sense. And and I know this is kind of, we're, we're deviating from the topic of leverages for a minute, but I, I am curious because there's a lot of people listening to this who probably do go to events. When you go to events, because you're a very innovative guy and you like to get new things, how do you put them how do you put them into action? Because it's easy to get yourself excited when you're at the event, you come back and it's back to real life and you have clients and family and deals. And like, I'm seeing heads nodding as I'm saying this, right? How, how does it work for you? How do you get this stuff implemented? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've learned um, that you, you've got to obviously take a lot of notes. I take a lot of notes when I'm on these events and then on the way back on the plane, typically. And then my first day back in the office or at my desk, I'm just kind of prioritizing, making a list of all the different ideas, things I wanted to put into motion, um, sharing it with people in my office, and then, you know, kind of trying to figure out, all right, what are the top three or four things that we want to start pushing forward right now and um, acting on them? And if you if, if you if you can't get that started quickly, it's easy to just kind of let it fall to the wayside. And the next thing you know, you're up to your ears and 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 showings and writing offers or whatever else, right? So, so I thought we were deviating from leverage, but I realized we weren't. We weren't. Prioritizing <laughs> is leverage, right? You go to this event, think about it. You take all, also. So that was a very easy action. You take lots of notes. And then on the plane home, you're maximizing that time because you can't do anything else on the plane, right? Sometimes people are like, I need to relax and I'm going to watch a movie. No, take a few minutes, like review your notes, pick the things. And then that on the plane or day one, when you prioritize one, two, three things you're going to do, that's leverage because you've just said everything else goes away. We're going to focus on these. I think that's absolutely a way to leverage to get those more done in less time. Mm -hmm. 100%. 100%. Interesting. All right. It, um, if you have any like advice or tips in terms of people can ways people can average you know add leverage to their business, we got a couple minutes left. But I do want you to also tell people if they have referrals in Cleveland for you, if they have questions about scaling a team, if they have questions on adding leverage as a solo agent, right, or their team agents, how how can they reach out to you? How can they connect with you? Yeah, um, um, Michael Henry on Facebook, uh, available via direct message there. Um, I'll drop my cell phone number in the chat. I'm happy to have conversations with with anybody. But yeah, we're in uh, the Cleveland, Ohio market. Yeah, I love it. All right, so so any any last pieces of advice that you could add, you know, from your career starting a nonprofit to now running a successful real estate team? Anything you could add in terms of pulling it all together for leverage? Yeah, I guess um, you know just. Try to be aware and and think about where are the bottlenecks in your business, right? Um, where are you finding yourself spending a little bit more time? Deep down, you know, you probably shouldn't be spending so much time in one particular area. And how, you know, how can you overcome that? Um, how can you 
kind of find um, a hack, a way around it and, and, and improve upon it even. Um, maybe it's through a tool, maybe it's through an online tool, maybe it's, um, you know, through um, a, a person and a, a team member or someone in your office, but um, whatever it is, you know, it's, you, you're going to learn about it through conversations and, and through learning through other people. So um, just, I guess, keep, keep an open mind and, you know, continue to do training, get involved, attend events. And those were, you know, the best ideas and, and tools, I think, have always come to me. So. I love it, Michael. Michael and I actually met at an event years ago. That's where we first met. That's yeah. right. So you never know where you're going to find some of your friends also. But this, this has been really fun, Michael. I truly appreciate you coming on. Agent Barrow and sharing knowledge and just uh, walking us through how how, the, how, how your brain works. <laughs> appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate you being here and uh, keeping it conversational. So, yeah. be to chat. Anybody who wants to keep the conversation going, give me a give me a shout. Have a wonderful day, guys. We're here tomorrow with uh, Linnea Carver doing a uh, Friday power tips. And uh, if you can, uh, if you just dropped in the chat box, we, we dropped Michael's last episode. If you missed that one on Tuesday, uh, talking about, you know, getting back to basics in the tough market. So make sure you check that out. Thanks for being here, Michael. Thank you, guys. you guys. All right. All right, buddy. All right. See ya. If you'd like more information or to get connected to the agent power huddle, join our free Facebook group. This call was designed for the agents in our EXP organization, but open to any agent from any brokerage. If you're a guest and you're interested in learning more about EXP or our specific resources within the agent collective, reach out to the person who invited you to this call to get more info. Produced by the Agent Collective Media Network.